back on the Fan Morning Show. Sports at 590 fan, Justin and Ailish. Maple Leafs just crossed the border against the Buffalo Sabres tonight, 7.30. Puck drop. Andrew Peters spent five of his six NHL seasons in Buffalo, and he's in our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Andrew Peters and co-host of the After the Whistle podcast joins us this morning. How's it going, Andrew? Host. Host of the podcast, because Craig couldn't host anything. Okay, well, give, cut him from the list. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> because I've learned, I've learned in, this industry, in this industry that titles are everything. All right. We will go back and edit the podcast and say, <laughs> only host, okay? Uh, Nobody else. One man yeah. wonder. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, <laughs> it's it's exciting when these guys battle it out, um, for us at least, because it's a nice cross-border rivalry. Um, but has the temper where's the temperature at for you? Because the Sabres are now a very fun team, I think, this season to cheer for. You got Tage, Tan- uh, Tage Thompson's banner year so far, and the Maple Leafs obviously have big hurdles to chase and to get over. Um, what's the temperature for the cross-border rivalry in your sense? Well, I would say that it's starting to get back to the point where it was maybe 15 16, 17 years ago, because the Sabres have been bad for what? Like going on a baker's dozen here, about 13 years. So, you know, these two teams had a massive rivalry, especially, you know, when I played, it was right around the height of that rivalry. And then you just go maybe even into the late 90s with, you know, your Rob Ray and Ty Domi. So there's a long history here. But rivalries are only good if, if the two teams that are playing each other are good. And you almost said, it was fun for you guys because you used to kick the Sabres' ass all the time for the last <laughs> few years. Well, well, the Leafs have been one of the better teams, mm-hmm. and which is which is fair, which is fair. But but the Sabres are a much better team now. I don't think they're nearly where the Leafs are at after the the move that the Leafs have made over the last uh, couple of weeks. But mm-hmm. um, this should be a fun game. And I'll, the last thing I'll say before we move on the. the the Sabres need to take advantage of a team that might be trying to work out some chemistry mm-hmm. here with some new trades, right? Like, I don't think the Leafs traded for O'Reilly and Achari to lose five, uh, lose to Chicago. You know what I mean? So, you know, the, Le- the, the Sabres got to take advantage of that. And, you know, I think the Leafs are probably looking at, at squashing the Sabres' playoff dreams too. So expect a great game tonight. Yeah, Sabres just four victories shy of tying their total win um, from all last season. So, yeah, it's a a different year for sure. But the Maple Leafs added Ryan O'Reilly, a former Sabre. So how much does that add to the boost of tonight as he heads into that old barn? And, you know, a little revenge game for him as well. I was thinking about this. Um, You know, he's already played against the Sabres since he's left, so he's probably put an enormous amount of money on the board. (laughs) But I would imagine as as a new uh, with a new team like the Leafs, a Stanley Cup favorite, going against his old team where he was quoted as saying he fell, fell out of love for the game of hockey. Mm. I got to imagine he's going to put five to ten grand on the board. And I, I absolutely think that coming in here as a Leafs for Ryan O'Reilly probably means more to him than coming in here as a St. Louis Blue. So the flip side of that trade, of course, uh, Tage Thompson arrives in Buffalo, and it might have been a bit of a slow burn or a lot of a slow burn, but now it's yielded this unbelievable return if you're reassessing uh, the Ryan O'Reilly deal. I mean, how has he taken this step forward, and how shocking has it been to see the immense strides that he has made recently year over year? 
I have no idea how this has happened. Um, <laughs> because he, he literally went from, what, what did he have the year before? Eight goals. He had eight goals, and then he went to 38. We have Thomas Vanek on our podcast every Tuesday. He's coming, he'll be on today. And he, he said a few weeks ago, he said he's never seen a player take off like Tate Thompson has from where he was the year before last year to last year. And then not just that, but from last year to this year, like it's, it's kind of unheard of. And I was always uh, on the side of in the off season last year before they were signing him, And, and then when they signed him, like, is this a fluke? You can't sign this guy to this contract. It's the, that is the, I'm not saying that he's not worth it, but I'm saying is, has he proven that it's a regular occurrence? And I look like a complete idiot, but I don't think anybody in, in their right mind would have thought that Tate Thompson was going to outdo what he was doing, what he did last year. I, there isn't a person in the world that I would even say that Tate Thompson doubted that. You know what I mean? If you had told him that he was going to outscore what he did last year, this year, no way. I don't buy it. But it's incredible to see. And they're going to need him tonight if they want to even have a chance to beat the Leafs. How much equity has Kevin Adams earned for himself with that deal? Like you mentioned it, you were skeptical. I was skeptical. The hockey world was certainly skeptical that that was the right move to make. And now looking back, whether it was like a pure roll of the dice, like even if he's just a riverboat gambler, he hit, <laughs> he made the right move based on what we've seen Buddy. this year from Tage Thompson and what that price tag is moving forward. Like, is that like how he proved himself, his medal as a general manager? Yeah, I would have fired him. I, yeah. Like, I love Kevin. I love Kevin. I know him personally, and I've totally given him his space since he's become the general manager. Mm. Um, I love the man. I think he's a great person but I would have fired him after that deal. And then I would have fired him right after the uh, Samuelson deal. And, and I would have fired him right after the uh, Don Granato extension. So, I mean, he was 0 for 3 for me. In really? The really? The and, Don Granato you know, extension was 0 for 3? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess you could have given that one, let that one play out another year too. I mean, like everything, I guess because of the way things had gone for 12 years with this organization and what a joke it looked like around the entire league. Yeah. I, I, I probably would have waited on all of those things because how could anyone have ever thought that it, it could be real, that these guys are actually, you know, real players that are going to be here for a long time. that are going to be difference makers. And, well, Matias Samuelson is an unbelievable defender. Don Granado seems to be a, a phenomenal coach, and we all know what Tate Thompson's turned into. So, you know, Dylan Cousins' contract—that was another one. I mean, this team is this team is starting to get set up for for a lot of years down the road. And, and credit to the coach, but credit to the players because the players are earning it. Yeah, they've got a young core locked up for quite a while, and the Leafs are in the boat where their young core is not locked up for as long. And, and it's and not so young anymore. And not so young, and it's a point of contention that we have often when we look at what you're going to do at the trade deadline and how big this window is. And I think when you look at the way that the, the Sabres are built, they have a really strong defense core, and the Leafs have a very strong forward group, and they seem to have a little bit of a different look Um what what do the Sabres want to add if they're going to make this stretch here and they want to go into the playoffs? And I think this next week's really important. They have at Leafs, Tampa, Florida, and Washington. It's kind of a make-or-break stretch. What's the conversation in Buffalo about this trade deadline approaching? They have a ton of currency. 
a ton of currency with this team. And I, I still, I mean, I'm under the, I'm under the desire of going and acquire a few pieces, even if it's, I don't want like, like deadline guys that are UFAs that are going to walk at the end of the year, go and get some pieces that are, that have term on their deal, guys that are 25, maybe 26, that'll be here for a few years. But, you know, I'm not selling the farm to go and get a guy like Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, the Leafs have to win now. Mm. If they don't win now, they're in, they're, they're in trouble, right? So the Sabres are in a bit of a different spot. And I wonder if Kevin Adams maybe just acquires a, a depth player somewhere, um, you know, to just maybe help cushion the blow if there's an injury down the stretch. But I think he might want to see what this team can do as is, which – I don't know if that's right or wrong. Um, you know, I don't know if you want to go and, and try and make deals to, to try and get in now, or do you want to continue to slow play it? So I, I don't have an answer for you. I would like to say they're going to go make a massive splash and try to make a run because the season's in their favor here with games in hand and where they are in, in points. But, you know, it's it, we, we thought on our on our podcast that this last road trip for the Sabres would be the deciding factor for Kevin Adams with what he's going to do and with where they stand now, I think any GM in the league would be going to try to make moves, but maybe, maybe patience is the virtue here. Yeah. It's a pretty enviable position right now for the Buffalo Sabres. I'm looking at over $18 million in projected cap space that will diminish a little bit with the Thompson and cousin deals beginning next season with $7 million Uh owed to each uh, but there's still a lot of wiggle room there, and there's some money coming off the books too with Kyle Pozo's deal um, expiring. So you could find a balance, right? You could go out and maybe get a Jacob Chikrin, maybe a guy who's who's got a couple years left to to kind of you know make a run at the next couple seasons. But you could also wrong guy, R- wrong guy, no way, wrong guy. Why is sorry, he... sorry, I cut no, go go for it. Why is he the wrong guy? I no, I, I just don't. I mean, if they go and make a move for a chicken right now, I mean, it's great. He's a, he's a really good player. He's been out of the lineup a lot over the years, and I don't want to hold that against him because, as my co-host uh, said the other day, that like when Chikrin's in the lineup, he's a super stud. But the problem is Sabres have Darlene and Power. Mm-hmm. Do they need another left-hand shot guy that can run the power play and, and be a point producer? Do they need another, like a, a Matthias Samuelson type or even a Radko Gudis type or a, a guy like that who is more of a shut down guys, physical presence. Cause you have your, you have your point guys. I mean, that's, that's my opinion. And then you have to pay him what, what he's making for the next few years. I would, I would rather see the Sabres go in another direction um, than Chikrin. But you know, if they go and get Chikrin, I mean, you know, definitely adds a, a monster to your back end. I just don't know if that's the piece that you absolutely need. No, but no, that, go ahead and finish your point. No, yeah, that's fair. And and kind of where I was going is you could kind of explore anything. You could explore Timo Meyer if you really wanted to. Like you, it, with, there's enough space there. Nah, at I least don't want to do payroll. him either, though. See, why not? I don't want to do Timo Meyer either. I, uh, I just, I think, I don't think I want to have a guy that's probably going to score less points than Tage Thompson making more money. He's going to want nine million dollars a year. He's a great player. Well, the secret but, is. Tage is locked up. He can be if you got your if you got your best player locked up at seven, you can afford to pay someone ten to help support that player. Yeah, but you know what the problem is with that? And I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and that's a great point. But there's a problem with the Sabres roster specifically that already takes away from that comment. We're already doing that with one guy. We're doing that with Jeff Skinner making nine million dollars. He's making three 
three and a half million more than what he really should be making with the way the type of player that he is. I know he's getting the points, but he's not a complete player. He's playing a lot better, but he's nowhere near a nine million dollar player. So that's the problem. We're saying that with Skinner already making mm-hmm. nine, and you'll never be able to move that deal. I agree with what you're saying, but the problem is we all forget about Jeff Skinner making nine million. That's the only problem that I that I see with that deal. But I don't, I don't like, okay. So a guy that I would love to see the Sabres go and get, and he is available. Um, is that Jordan Greenway? It's another guy. The Leafs should go and get, you know, six foot six power forward, second round pick. And he's just not getting the, the ice time to develop in, in, um, in Minnesota. That's the kind of guy that I think I would go and give, you know, one of these young first rounders for, cause he's, he's just, I, I think that's the type of player that the Sabres need. Cause the Sabres are, are arguably one of the uh, softest teams in the league when it comes to physicality. And, and I'm not talking about fighting and guys like what I did. That's, I don't want any of that. I just want, I want guys like Ryan Lomberg from Florida. I want guys, you know, that, that play that style of game that are like a Nola Chari. I mean, that pickup for the Leafs. I mean, Nola Chari, it will single-handedly scare everybody on the, on the Buffalo Sabres. And he's not even that big. You know, so that's a problem. And so that's kind of the area that I think the Sabres might need to, to go first before they go for a Chikrin or a Timo Meyer. And that's why I think they're an enviable position, right? Because they could go after those two if they so choose, but they can kind of just be vultures, right? They can pick they can pick a player off from Minnesota who's facing this cap crunch and they might have to make a deal and the, the Buffalo Sabres might be waiting there to take in a potential impact player. So as we talk through it, it seems like, yeah, just a patient approach and letting this thing organically build build and put yourself in a position where if a team does run into cap trouble, i.e., uh, the New York Islanders and Lou Lamorello giving up Devon Tays for basically nothing a couple years ago. That's where the Buffalo Sabres right. can really make their mark here. No, that, that, that's that's exactly. I think you know what I think when this is said and done. If Dubis doesn't make it through the end of the summer, I think you and I should throw our names in for coach. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, but that's exactly that's those are exactly the type of moves that the Sabres, that they're in that position, right? They can start to take advantage of the teams at the top of the salary cap issues and, and go and try and pick them off with all the the young currency that, that they have. Like, like for instance, you look at the difference between the Leafs and the Sabres. And then I use them as an example, because we're talking about them. They, they play tonight, but, but like the Sabres are on their way up and they have all this draft currency and all these, draft picks that they have these first rounders over the years and second rounders in in the draft coming up this year too um to to trade away and acquire players if you look at the leafs they they are getting very thin in their depth pool with it when it comes to like tradable assets oh yeah you know Mm -hmm. they they only have two or they have two or three picks in this year's draft coming up they, they, they have a a first rounder and, and, and like a fourth and a seventh next year and I mean, they're they're kind of giving everything away now. So they're they're two teams at complete opposite ends of the spectrum. So I mean, it, it's interesting how both these teams are going to make moves. Are the Sabers going to do what you're suggesting? And what are the Leafs going to do? Like, are are they done? And how are they going to get moves moves done with what they have to offer? They don't have much more currency to give away. 
you know, the cabinets are pretty empty and a little barren. Um, so I guess that leads me to my question is, let's say they add a defenseman, which I think a lot of people are feeling like would be the next and maybe final move if they're going to be able to make one and find a way to actually have tradable assets. Is this team different? Is this team good enough this time to make this season worth the big risk that they've now done last weekend? Have we ever seen the Toronto Maple Leafs look this good on paper top to bottom? I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't know either. I don't remember the last time I saw the Toronto Maple Leafs 12 forwards look this deep. And I think a defenseman is exactly exactly what they need to get. And I think they might even need like a depth goaltender, someone you can really trust if, if you need to throw someone in in the playoffs. But all the pressure now is on Tampa Bay. Like everyone's asking, what's Tampa Bay going to do? Because I think this, that's going to be your first-round matchup. And I think the Leafs right now, with the move for O'Reilly and Achari and, and those off-season depth pickups, I think the Leafs are 100% Stanley Cup favorites right now. The only team that they are going to have, a, have to get over is Boston, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's the concern because uh, clearly this team is ultra-talented. It may still have some weaknesses. Those weaknesses can be addressed. It's going to take, you know, the remaining whatever can of perishable or non-perishable you got in that cupboard <laughs> in order to get that uh, that defenseman that can Couple make an chicken impact. Chicken noodle soups. It's, there's, there's not much beyond the chicken noodle it, soup left. There's not much. <laughs> I'm looking at it. There's, there's not much to trade. And here I'm the guy that was saying trade William Nylander at the start of the year. He's leading the team in points. Oh, you're one of those guys, and I think eh? Gotta, <laughs> oh, my God, absolutely. I would have kept Mikhaev, and I I, I mean, I would have kept Labushkin. I know he's not having a great year here in Buffalo, but I think he's been hurt since that game way back at the start of the year in Edmonton. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do here. I think the Leafs are one of the more fascinating teams, that's for sure. They're all in. They got to win. Uh, one thing the Leafs don't have is a guy like Rasmus Dahlin. Um, I love the Dahlin Matthews rivalry. Oh, I don't yeah. really know how it started, but I hope it continues tonight. Uh, I guess two part question. What is it about Dahlin that irks Matthews, at least in your opinion? And is this player being slept? I know he's in the conversation, but Eric Carlson looks like he's running away with it a little bit or at least separating himself. But should Rasmus Dahlin be given more consideration for the Norris Trophy given his season? Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's uh, the fact that he wasn't even, well, the all-star format to me, that's a completely different conversation, but Darlene should have been at the all-star game to begin with. It shouldn't have taken a Tage Thompson injury. And um, I think, I think he's absolutely in the conversation, but I think what Eric Carlson's doing is absolutely incredible, right? I mean, you can't, you can't take that away. And in the Matthews Darlene matchup, they're going to be on the ice uh, a lot against each other. And, and I don't think what people don't quite understand about Darlene is he has an edge to him. Um, he, he might appear like this baby face Swede who, you know, has like, you know, body like a slinky, but he is, he's got some nastiness to him and he likes to finish checks and Austin Matthews, you know, he, he can't really retaliate that much because he's going to get hit every single night. He's one of the best players in the league. And then, you know, he cross-checked him in the face last year and you know, we're not going to see these guys fight, but we're going to see them compete each other really, really hard. And, that's going to be something we'll see for a lot of years. And I, I, that's what we want to see. You want to see two star players who hate each other and that elevates a rivalry. And don't think that Matthews comes in here, not thinking about Darlene and Darlene doesn't come in here thinking about, man, if I get a shot at Matthews, I'm going to take it. Hmm. So you know, that makes the rivalry that much better. You have to hit Matthews. You have to, he's, he's the best player in the ice every single night. So you have to hit him. 
and you have to try to hurt them, unfortunately. Sorry, Leaf fans, but that's the point of the game. You want to hit to hurt. Does Darlene, like, relish that? Like, uh, just not, not being as familiar you know, Austin Matthews, uh, I don't think this is definitely not part of his game. He does. That's not what he enjoys most about the game of hockey. But Darlene seems to be uh, at least about that life a little bit more. Um, let's just say this. If, if Darlene did this back in the late 90s, early 2000s, he would want to hope that a guy like me was on the ice with him every time he acted that way. Because he would have had his head punched right off his shoulders by now with, with the way he plays and and the stars that he that he hits and but that's the way the game is now you know the 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 players are allowed to hit the stars stars are free game and i don't necessarily agree with it but that's just the way the game is so a guy like Darlene who knows he's never going to have to suffer any consequences for trying to take austin matthews head off should relish in a moment like that that's a that's a, what a great era to play in. I would have loved to have played in this era. Mm. <laughs> uh, we're talking about uh, your young talent, um, and we haven't mentioned Owen Power much, 20-year-old. He scored a really nice goal. I think it was on the weekend. He's you know putting a little bit more offense up. Uh, what have you liked most about his development in his young career so far? That he can handle a ton of ice time, that he can skate at this, this level um, already at such a young age. Like, he's... He realistically, he's comparable to Victor Hedman. And, you know, he, this is just, we're just scratching the surface with this mm-hmm. kid and he's a kid. So, you know, we talked about the Sabre salary cap a little bit earlier. That's a guy that at the end of this year, if Kevin Adams can lock him up on an eight year deal for insert the first number here, uh, I don't, I don't know what it would look like an eight, maybe a nine, but that's kind of where he's headed. And, super exciting to watch. Didn't expect him to be this comfortable in the league this fast, you know, and that's, that's just what the Sabres have in store right now between he and Rasmus Dahlin. If you can have those two guys for the next eight, nine years, your team's looking pretty good. How much money you're going to have to pay him. But I, you know, I, I, I don't know if he wins it. You got the kid out in Seattle. Who's just an absolute monster of a player. Great two way player. Uh, for rookie of the year, but you got to give Owen Power a shot at that. I mean, he's he's six six and he he's playing, he's logging ridiculous minutes mm-hmm. and playing against the other team's top lines and and he's handling himself just fine. So that's that's exactly what you want to see if you're Kevin Adams and the Buffalo Sabers, no question. He certainly lived up to the hype so far in his young career. Good Canadian boy, so you know it's uh, yeah, it's all good we love up our here. Canadian boys down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing, you know. Like every locker room I've played in, all the Americans, all the Swedes, Czechs, Russians, they all want to talk like the Canadians. They that's all right. say a. They all want to be. They all know. They all know where the game comes from. That's right. We're proud of them. Um, Andrew, appreciate you joining us this morning. It's going to be a hell of a game tonight. We're excited to see these guys go head to head and uh, lots on the line. As you mentioned, maybe a couple. Uh, Do we have a prediction? Was it, was it 10 grand? Was on yeah, the line? he says 10 grand. I'm not putting up 10 grand on my side, but I'll say Leafs 5-2 uh, win. I'm taking the over. Well, there you go. That's Seven goals. Yeah, just give me the, I don't oh, know who's winning. I'm taking the over. Way to be way to be diplomatic and safe. <laughs> okay, I'll take the Leafs in regulation too. Yeah, you would. Wait, what well, you? who do you got? Right, well, let's hear you, buddy. <sighs> be diplomatic. Well, listen, listen. I'm going to be honest. That's what I'm going to be. Okay, I'm going to be honest. Okay. Um, I think the Leafs. I think the Leafs are going to win. 
I think we're in for an awesome hockey game. I think it's I think it's going to be a high scoring blowout. I think like we could be looking at like a seven five seven six game. So fun. And I I think I think I think it's going to be the Leafs, but but it's not for any other reason other than I just think they are just more of a powerhouse team with more experience. And I think this is a big game for both teams. I think Buffalo hasn't had Toronto in here when playoffs are on the line for them in, in 12, 15 years, like I mentioned. So I think it's going to be a, an elevated game for sure. And you know, the Leafs do not want to lose to the Sabres tonight in Buffalo after the stinker they put up against Chicago. No, so, definitely not. All right. It'll be exciting. Okay, well, enjoy it. Thanks for joining us this morning, and you are the only host of the After the Whistle podcast, as we know now. <laughs> yes, thank you. And, uh, and you can get those, get our podcasts anywhere. And, and uh, we have JR, Jeremy Roenick on every Wednesday, Vanek nice. today, and Brian Gianta on Thursdays. So don't be shy to tune in. For sure. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it, and enjoy the game tonight. It's Andrew thanks, Peters, guys. former NHL forward, and after the whistle podcast check that out and our insider brought to you by don valley north lexus where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom is at don valley north lexus.com i will give you my say uh, my parlay that i've replaced during one of our commercial breaks kane goal ryan o'reilly goal and a tage thompson goal it's revenge central slash um, showcase central with uh, patrick kane playing the golden knights tonight and mm. one of his last ever home games possibly for the Blackhawks against a team that just opened up nine and a half million dollars of cap space that has been rumored to be interested in him. So I like that little three goal scorer parlay. Getting a head start on the uh, Waken Rake. Plus 3,000. Right? Just five bucks. Good. That's I'll, my just I'll, five bucks. I'll have to tail you just for the potential vibes tomorrow morning. That's right. Uh, we do have the Waken Rake on the other side of the break. Maple Leafs and Sabres, of course, teed it up. You think it's going to be high scoring? I really hope so. <laughs> I want a real fun, chaotic <laughs> mess out there. Yeah, more chances to hit those goal props. I, I, this is one, oddly, it's it's one circled, isn't it? It's one of the more exciting so, yeah. games for whatever reason. I guess it's I guess it's the rivalry. I think the Darlene Matthews thing is interesting. I'm excited to watch the Sabres pretty much all the time, but it's made more of a treat when it's against the Maple Leafs. Sabres-Leafs has a little juice. I'm excited for this one. You can still get tickets. You want to just rip down there? We could go. That would be sweet. We're not, but We're we not. could. You could. It's like, a, it's a, it's an option for you. All right. Well, oh, it's going to be great. An uh, option for our listeners. More yeah, important. head down there. 7.30 p.m. Leafs on the road against the Sabres. Send in your wake and rake picks at 590-590. We'll put together our parlay on the other side of the break. On the Fan Morning Show. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money! With Ailish and Justin. All right, lots of good games in NHL tonight to choose from. Are there? I was just saying, I thought like... Don't even turn your TVs on. Listen... Lot, I mean, like lightning ducks, okay. blowout. Devils have blowout. You can hurricanes blues blowout. Yeah, good as in money making. Golden good. Knights Blackhawks blowout. Oilers Flyers blowout. Perfect. So smash a couple money line parlays. But I'm I, that's I, the dirty dog parlay. Just sprinkle oh, a couple yeah. of those. The cowards parlay. If you're JD Bunkus, the cow, um, isn't the cowards parlay like? 
like you're you're buying points and stuff, isn't it? Like you're teasing. Yeah. But so if it's a football and if the spread is three and a half, you, you tease it to over seven or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like just doing a dirty dog. Is a dirty like dog money log. Aggressive parlay. Oh, dir- dirty dog. I thought you said. Dirty dog. I thought you said favorites, like a money oh, log no, parlay no. of like all the good teams. Yes, that's what I thought you um, So yeah, Maple Leafs and Sabres, 7.30. And then I'm really intrigued about this Golden Knights-Blackhawks game at 8.30. But you're right. There's a couple lopsided matches tonight. Uh, we have a couple grades to give in the Raptors. We have to complete that exercise. Do you, do you want to do that, do that before we? Let's do it first. Okay, let's do it first. Uh, what, 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 Bench. Let's quickly do it. Bench is easy. D. Thad, Boucher, Banton, Coloco not ready, Wancho, a relative <laughs> non-factor. Achua has been better as a starter. Like, who's the big bench weapon? Buddy, I had D+. Plus. There's no bench. I'm one shade under you for each. Because I'm a little nicer. That's exactly why you you didn't want to be as mean as me. But really, they don't have a bench. But I they don't have a factor off yes, the bench. Yes, but the reason why I'm a little nicer is they don't even play. It's partially an issue that they're not even put in a position to develop. And we're going to get to Raptors development, which is hint hint. It's a D it's, for me. It's brutal. But yes, Precious took some major strides this year. We were excited about Precious Achua. Something to a chew days, on in the past. Is no, his best days are a starter. Right, okay, Like his yes. last little run here, it's like, oh, you're... But I still but classify him as like, a bench guy. We need you to be great because you're filling in for OG and we still have yeah. no bench options. Boucher's been disappointing. Um, Malachi Flynn, this is his third year and hasn't really established himself as anything. At least he plays a little bit. He's but been like... But that's the thing is they're not getting a lot of opportunities. Yeah, so coaching, development, all that plays into why I'm giving them a D plus. Okay. Uh, we had starters as well. I guess we could have done starters first. This might be one of my kinder grades. A C for the starters. I mean, I guess it's in line with exactly what I've been giving the individuals. But I think when you put them all in a group, one thing that stands out is there was too much individuality on this team. They weren't playing as a team. And if you're going to try and, like, assign a grade to these starters, you have to put into the consideration pile what they're like together, how they're playing together, how they're interacting off each other. And to this point... We've been talking over and over and over again. It seemed like in every week leading up to the trade deadline, are these guys playing for their next job or their current job? That seemed to be a big thing that we were discussing. So for that reason, yeah, I mean, the starters are the strength of the team, but it hasn't taken them very far. And there have been things that we can uh, nitpick and, and point out as, as being concerning. So I give the starters a C. Might be a little too high, honestly. I'm trying to figure out my average because I didn't write it down, but I gave Scotty a B. Oh, but that was my point. I think you should do it as a collective rather than take the average. Okay. Top of your head. Um, B. (laughs) Well, I have Pascal as an A minus. You just take a one shade above me. You're doing it. You're trying to average it Mine's two shades above. You see C plus. Okay. Um, Okay. Let's do offense. C plus. 13th in in offensive efficiency right now, which is decent. Oh, I saw that at the 11th rated offense. Maybe we're looking at different stats. I think I was looking at Hollinger's. Anyway, I don't know if they're... Anyway, that's above above the median. Yep, true shooting percentage is 27th. But that's the the thing. (laughs) It's like, so they've figured out a way to uh, crutch their their shooting woes Mm -hmm. to still have a reasonably effective offense. But still, like, it's... How could you look at that eye test and be like, yeah, B no. plus? You can't. You can't. It's not passing the grade. I'm in right the now. same boat. Um, fourth and offensive rebounding. Do you care about that? No. Okay. Well, true shooting percentage is just a 
pretty glaring issue. 27th in the league is, is rough. Defense, woof. Um, this used to be the pride of the Toronto Raptors. It used to be their identity. We used to say this team is hard to play against. They are a defensive-minded team, and that was a, a point of pride. Um, they don't get stops. They have one player, OG, who basically shoulders most of this load and is doing his absolute best. They're still 17th rated, and I still give it a C-. minus. Uh, that's the one I think that we're or since Siakam or bang on in Siakam. Anyway, I'm C minus as well. Uh, it's lagging behind. I saw 18th, I think on Hollinger's rankings in defensive efficiency. Um, that's, you know, at least close to the median again, but this team is supposed to be something greater than it is. And I think C minus is honestly a little bit kind given what we've seen from them defensively in, in important moments too, like, games where they're giving up 70 in the first half to bad teams when, you know, when it's an important moment or an important time when you think they have to show themselves as better than what they have and mm-hmm. they lay eggs like that over and over and over again. It's it's really hurt them in key moments, I think. And for that reason, it's, it's certainly lagging behind. That's a very disappointing one to me because if you were going to run it back and not make many additions or really any in your team, how can you go from one season to the next with such a, Brutal drop off. Uh, I that, that that one to me is stunning. I just think everything's like connected, right? Like if there's if 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 there's one, and that's the problem really with the Raptors is the team is thin, the margins are thin. If one player is unavailable, if one player is not shooting the ball well, it everything in the organism is effective affected. And when we've seen struggles, whether it be individually or in certain dynamics like shooting, I think it has an impact on everything that they're doing. And finally, uh, that's trickled down to the defense and that's taken a step back sizably. Whether it's chicken or the egg, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the defense was supposed to be the thing that keeps them around, the great neutralizer, if you will. Uh, but it hasn't been that this year. Okay, player development. I just give it a D. No team relies on their starters more than the Toronto Raptors. I mentioned that Pascal Siakam leads the league in minutes per game. Fred Van Vliet is fourth. The rest of them are in the top 20. It's been... A sign that development isn't there. Development not only starts with your 905 and upwards, but like acquiring talent and providing plans of action for them to get better for coaching and putting them in a position to thrive on and off the bench. They have completely lost their reputation for having a great development prospect or... uh, what is it? Uh, system. System. Whatever. Pipeline. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really disappointing. I know this is stupid, but like them referencing multiple times the stupid stupid OVO data board. Like we've heard that as like you an excuse. Hate the OVO data. No, but data we've board. heard we've heard like yeah, we think our shooting could be better because of the numbers we're getting. Like it's kind of ridiculous, right? <laughs> we're 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 let's not just like exclusively rely on technology for player development and let's see them play mm-hmm. in NBA games and are coached in NBA games and see if they can get better as NBA players on NBA floor. They're- not practice facilities with data, you know, giving them insight on what their shot looked like. Yeah, there's a time and the place. I get all that. But, like, it's 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 too often referenced, and it's frankly pretty annoying. Historically, though, like, when we go back, they were really good at cultivating talent. Pascal was, what is his second? Pascal's one of the great development exactly. stories in NBA history. OG came in to be a great success story. 
they've obviously found players in the like Norman Powell and Fred Van Vliet. Like those are development stories, but it's been years since we had something of that sort. Yeah, and the expectations and reality changed, right? Mm-hmm. They were a great team all of a sudden, and yep. they kind of forgot what got to them. That got them to that point, rather, which was player development. So D for me. Yep. It's a good tough. way to close things up because that, but that's the that underlying feels like an, reason that kind of is a trickle effect for me. Yeah, yeah. That's the chicken or the egg. Great. Let's good Raptors discussion. Let's talk about, let's talk about something. Just, just sprinkled neg- negativity all across the uh, each hour of the show. Well, there's and you know what? Some of these are incomplete too, and I'm I'm okay. And I mentioned that like some of the grades are incomplete. Obviously, the season has now a reset in a sense with the All Star break, and we're coming back with. Hopefully, an invigoration of this is now your team with Yaka Pirtle. And hey, they're coming gonna... back with expectations. Exactly. So you that might better change make the everything. playoffs now. You better get into the play-in and you better. It's like something to play for now. And honestly, I think that can do a lot for this team. So I would love to have this grading going into the play-in and a lot of growth in some of these grades. But this is where we're at right now. And it's the hard... Reality. Better late than ever, at least on filling a hole. Now we'll see if they can make something in the season because big decisions await this offseason. Okay, so let's run through some of these wake and rake submissions. Let's do it. Eric from Burlington. Good morning. I've hit five for my last six picks. All right. My lock tonight is a Vegas puck line over Chicago. The Hawks are bad and Vegas is on a heater, so I will ride with them tonight. Vegas is on the heater, but you, you've you been handicapping this game all morning with okay. Patrick Kane motivational factor. Yeah, but they, he's not going to win the game. By, I mean, he could get a hat trick again. Listen, there's something to it right now, right? Like, this is a home game for Chicago. This is one of the last games we will mm-hmm. maybe ever see uh, Patrick Kane play at United Center. There's a little something there that's kind of tripping me up a bit, maybe because we just saw it with the Maple Leafs, but... There's a Patrick Kane thing and narrative and yes. aura right now, and I don't know if that affects the scoreline. I don't know if it's just, hey, let's bet Patrick Kane somehow. Maybe Vegas is just better, and they prove that. That's probably more likely than anything else. Um, but it, that's an interesting game for a lot of reasons. All right. Leafs first Sabres over 6.5, smash the over, and Edmonton and Philly over 6.5, smash the over. That's buff daddy. That actually sounds like a pretty good idea. Uh, good go. morning. This is, this is Neil from New- <gasps> Newfoundland. Neil. Bublik, losing streak came to an end. Big win yesterday for Neil. He's betting that another losing streak will continue, however, at ATP Rio de Janeiro. Lajevic, minus two and a half games. I believe it's Lajevic, minus two and a half games versus, I believe it's Diego Schwartzman. Schwartzman, anyway. Schwartzman is on the worst run of his career oh. and has lost in straight sets in his first two clay matches of the season. Lajevic is on a good run of late and should take care of form. And out of form, Schwartzman. That's Neil from Newfoundland's latest tennis pick. Hell yeah, betting that blindly. Steve from Sutton, who was our anchor pick yesterday, which was the uh, Marlies to win, and they did. Yep. Leafs money line or Willie over shots? Uh, good morning. This is Corey from Port Hope. Jersey minus one and a half versus Montreal is the Wake and Rake selection. Mm-hmm. Jersey way better at home. Simple as that. Juliana and our buddy Ron, they will take Maple Leafs and Sabres over six and a half. Juliana also likes the Leafs and will take them on the puck line. For the alt parlay, go with Vinny Jr. to score an anytime goal for Real Madrid and Napoli to win in Champions League action today. We got a little Champions League action today. Uh, It's Napoli, right? I got my... uh, Napoli, yeah. You nailed that one. Ian the snowplow driver, Harvey Pinard has scored at least one goal in every game since coming up from the minors. He didn't score last game. So here it is. I guess he hasn't scored in every game. Anyway, Pinard's anytime goal is plus 360, and Ian, the snowplow driver, is playing that. 
Uh, these are really fun old parlays. Good morning. Um, this is Buff Daddy. Buff Mag- Daddy with a second. Magic versus Pistons. And under versus Lakers and Warriors, I had to remind P- Buff Daddy that those games are on Thursday. Because when you do open up the books, it's still it, like it's there. But it's two days from now. So I just had to right, 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 remind right. people that that game is not tonight. But uh, two days until NBA action's back. Okay. Okay, where are we at? We're playing, we're circling Buffalo and Toronto, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm with everybody. With the over, we just talked to our buddy Andrew. He feels it as well. I'm feeling a big Tage versus Ryan, O'Reilly versus Austin Matthews, Rasmus Dallin. Like, there's just so much intrigue into this tonight's game. You're betting on action tonight. I'm betting on O'Reilly action. O'Reilly puts money on the board. Yep. That fires everyone oh, up a little does it bit. Ever. Does it fire up Ilya Samsonov, though? Or whomever is eh. starting in goal it for the Toronto be Maple Samsonov, Leafs? But um, see how his tummy's feeling. Did you hear his <laughs> quote yesterday? Yeah. Long day on the toilet. Yeah, but it. He's, a, he's an honest guy. He he doesn't sugarcoat. He's an honest guy. Uh, but no, I, I like the Leafs over six and a half with the whole text line. I I was pumping the Kane. Uh, I I you could go Kane goal anytime goal. I'm already betting that in a shots is two and a half. I kind of like shots, but it's juiced to it's minus one eighty. Yeah, it's pretty juicy. So I'm I'm just gonna go Leafs over with the whole text line. <laughs> I'm gonna take Leafs in regulation. With many other members of the text line, I think this is the, the same this is today. the game to watch. I think the Leafs win an exciting uh, affair in Buffalo. I mean, it generally is exciting. However, there have been some overtime moments. Buffalo has pushed Toronto. Maybe if they played up against their competition in recent history a little bit, but I I, I like the Leafs after a pretty sour taste in their mouth for 100%. the last few days, the day off, get to Buffalo and put in a, a renewed effort. And, and it's like a home game for them sometimes too. And sometimes a It'll bit, be of, great a, bit crowd. of a home game. Although I expect some Buffalo fans oh. to be pretty loud as well. So we got Leafs in regulation and the over mm-hmm. in the Leafs and Sabres. What are we adding to it? So um, Eric and Burlington is boosting his picks as of late, uh, five of the last six, Vegas puck line over Chicago. And then there's the over in Edmonton and Philly, which we also like, and Willie over shots. We could just do a same-game parlay, but we did pick Steve from Sutton yesterday. So uh, Let's let's trust Eric from Burlington, 5 of 6. Let's go Vegas over Chicago. You okay with that? I'm all right with or it. Are you, are no, you no, thinking, no, that's the other game I wanted to watch anyway. Are you anyway, thinking so. we're doing Chicago magic here with, with Kane in 10 days before the deadline? Chicago magic. Um, no, I think we got to ride with Eric. He's winning lately. Let's do it. So altogether, Maple Leafs in regulation, over six and a half goals in that same game. And Vegas on the puck line against Chicago is plus 536. That's Not your wake and rake for today. Let's do it. Uh, one other thing that uh, I don't know if you have anything you want to talk about to close the show here, but it's in the gambling vein. Over under for the Blue Jays. Yep. This for a is course of getting uh, things going in Dadinen right now set at 91 and a half. I don't know how we want to approach this. I don't even know how we want to approach the Blue Jays season from a wake and rake perspective, but like you can't bet the under. The only question no. is, are we betting the over? We're betting the over and I'm betting them to win uh, AL East. Okay. At a Do you have a number on that right now? I'm going to pull it up right now for you. Um, I just don't think the Yankees are going to be the Yankees this year. Spend a lot be, of money on our guy, I, Aaron Judge. Yeah. Frankie Montez, Montez coming and needing shoulder surgery exactly. out for the year. Their win total is pretty high. Their win total is 94 and a half. I would be betting the under on that. I'd be betting the over on the Blue Jays. It's a game of inches, but. So what I'm not going to do then, I'm going to leave the 91 and a half, I think. Avoid that. Because I feel like betting the division 
is a juicier price. So AL More plus money. East is plus 190. Plus 190 for the Blue Jays? Yeah, and Yankees plus 100. So if you're betting the, the, the win total, you're around the minus 110 range. You could be juiced one way or another. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the more valuable thing would be to couple the Yankees in it. And even if both teams are, you know, it's a, a lot of parity in the ALS, AL East this year, and maybe they're all scratching and clawing for 88, 89, 90 wins, mm-hmm. you can still win the division and fall short. I know that's unlikely, but I feel like uh, if we like the Blue Jays, which we do, bet them to win the division. And uh, if you feel spicy about betting them to win the American League in general, plus 575 behind the Yankees, who are 320 and Astros 250, the Blue Jays to win the World Series. They're not favorites this year. They are in the top 10 plus 1,500. Yeah, I'm not rushing to the window to do that. No, 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 just giving all the context for... Uh, I think we got to see this. I think we got to see Jose Barrios. I think he, again, we talked about... Barrios with Caitlin McGrath this morning. He does hold the Sounding key in many ways. Sounding some pretty good positive vibes from from down south. Though. This team can get better too, though. Like if they if they show if they show that they have some promise, and they shop for that fifth starter, or Hunjin Ryu comes back, Chad Green enters the fray late in the season after Tommy John and solidifies the bullpen. Kind of we, forgot about him. We good could one. be feeling a little bit better yeah. about the team once we see it, but. We also could be or, feeling poorly about the but team. But you jump on it now, and then when that after the All Star break boost comes, that's the thing, though. It's like I, I you it's know, not I'm not a re- futures person. I'm not, not sitting re- there watching yeah. it. I hate it. It's not going to react that quickly, though. Like you're not going to lose fifteen hundred. There's not going to be a rush of money you're on right. the Blue Jays if they start off hot. Yeah, the number's going to drop. But I, I don't know if we should s- expect them to separate themselves immediately. I think you're going to have you're going to have your opportunity to bite the Blue Jays to win the World Series if we. Sh- if we see, rather, glimpses of them really showing themselves as a legitimate threat. All right. Well, we'll round that up. But Blue Jays spring training, um, exciting vibes from Dunedin. So we're getting it in, though? Blue Jays, AL East? Yeah, I like AL East a lot. Okay, let's do it. Um, team bet. It can be our team bet because our other team bet on Tage Thompson, how's that faring? Well, he's going to be in Vegas. He's just hey, not going to win. <laughs> we get to see him tonight, though. So yeah. maybe he'll put on a show and make us feel a little better about the 50 bucks we put on him. Such is okay. life. McDavid could still run into a little injury trouble. That's the okay. only thing. That's the only thing that could help us. Don't be so negative. I'm not. Justin. I'm being positive about our bet. Um, forgot to mention yesterday that Team Canada was facing off against the United States in Game Six of their rivalry series. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, not a lot of promotion for it. I should have known. Nonetheless, tomorrow, Game Seven between them in the rivalry series, tied up. Winner takes all. Canada's won three straight to force Canada the Game Seven. Is pushing this as of late they're looking dynamite and i believe wednesday night's games at the bell center there for you go. all of the marbles a stage worthy of that rivalry it's going to be great we'll and the women's world's and coming up in april and mm-hmm. you are the women's world's betting insider Buddy, i mean you've had some immense success so you're going to have to make that awaken rates wake and rake staple once we hit April. Quick shout out to Georgina Blaze, double A champions in Pittsburgh this past weekend moved us up from a pure domination as a former Georgina Blaze alumni. Love to hear it. Congratulations. Okay. Go Blaze, go. Hell yeah. That's right. You don't sleep on the Georgina Blaze. I wouldn't get the betting odds on them to get up to triple A. It's a fast ascent. That's right. Okay. Thanks for listening this morning, everybody. Uh, Fan Morning Show, Justin and Ailish. Be back tomorrow morning.